If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that we're in my bedroom today. This is very much so the travel podcast. We are not going down that route because my house for some reason has very inappropriately placed sockets. If you know me personally, this is exactly the kind of situation that really gets me because I feel like I've been ranting recently. Maybe you're into that. I want to talk about my favorite seven places in Malaga. It's hard to describe them without saying the word breasts. Welcome back to another episode of these Corners of the World Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly O'Brien. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that we're in my bedroom today. This is very much still a travel podcast. We are not going down that route. But I have a very tight time frame between now and my volleyball game. And my laptop is dying. And this is where the charger is. Because my house, for some reason, has very inappropriately placed sockets. Anyway, <laughs> I have a small update for you guys. Mm, it's not very much of an update, but it's more of a what I've done since. Uh, last week we talked about the fact that my travel plans were... I won't go through the whole thing again. You can You can listen back to it. But basically there was a delay, a flight delay, and a certain airline um, refused to deal with it, basically had a connecting flight, both with the same airline. There was a delay on the first uh, flight, fair enough, things happen, and was stuck in Paris overnight because the airline refused to help in any way or get accommodation for the night or to even rebook the connecting flight. And I checked and was 100% sure I was due, you know, the compensation under the EU regulations and applied for it and they denied it. So the update is that I went to a third party because I thought, look, I really don't want to let them get away with this because it's not cool what they did. But also I don't really have the time to go chasing them, especially when they've, you know, declined it again and again. Uh, no, no, sorry, not again and again, just once. And I thought they would decline again and again and I would keep chasing them. So I thought, okay, look, I'll go to a third party because there are these services that they say if you have a flight delay and you're due compensation, you can, uh, you know, plug in your details with us, we'll chase it. And then they take a hefty cut. So usually I, I wouldn't use them because I can fill in the forms myself. It doesn't take that long. But I figured, look, if I just get someone else to do it, I don't mind paying them the cut in this instance because I don't really care about the money. I care about the principle of the airline just being able to mess people around and not have any, um, you know, getting away with that, basically. So I went to a third party website and they said, after I put in all of the details and, all, you know, everything... And I quote, and I'm quoting this because I don't want to get sued, but it said, based on our previous experience with this airline and jurisdiction, passengers are unlikely to receive compensation even when they are eligible for it. We're fighting to change the situation, but for now we can't take your case. So basically, the airline is known for not giving compensation even when it's 
uh, you know, you're eligible, cannot speak today, even when you're eligible for it. And that, if you know me personally, this is exactly the kind of situation that really gets me. Like, it's just the injustice of it all. I couldn't care less about the money now at this stage. But because I read that, I am absolutely not letting this go. So I've escalated everything to the to here. I have gone and found, what is the name of it? AESA? Basically, the Spanish Aviation Authority. And I'm jumping through a, through, through a few hoops with them and... Uh, they'll eventually make a decision and that will be binding to the airline which is you know I left in Spain so it's covered under the Spanish Aviation Authority it depends where the flight that was affected where it left from not you know the nationality of the airline so the airline wasn't Ryanair but just for an example let's say Ryanair flew from Madrid to somewhere else, then it would be under the Spanish Aviation Authority, even though Ryanair is an Irish airline. But like I said, this wasn't with Ryanair. They have nothing to do with it. That's just an example. Don't sue me. (laughs) Anyway, today I wanted to talk about something a bit more specifically destination related and more positive because I feel like I've been ranting recently, which is fine. Maybe, Maybe you're into that. I certainly am. But this is a travel podcast after all, so I better talk about some destinations. I was maybe a bit reluctant to start talking about this because I think I might have to do some editing magic here. Like, I want to talk about my favourite seven places in Malaga. And I feel like I can't just, you know, talk on about it. I mean, I could, but like, you'll want to see the places, right? So I'm going to try and do some magic afterwards and see if I can, you know, put like a photo of the place I'm talking about, maybe over the entire screen or like in a corner somewhere and jazz it up. I don't know how to do that. I don't know if I'll be able to do that. We will see. But if I tie myself into it, it will happen because I'll have to figure it out. So, why am I talking about Malaga? Well, I have lived in Malaga for uh, two different times. The first time I came here, I went on a workaway project. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but basically it's a service, a website that you pay a membership to and you can view listings, I guess. They're, They're job postings, but the thing is you don't get paid for them. You get free board and accommodation so uh, sorry free uh room and board so you get a place to sleep and you get food sometimes it depends on the listing you know but basically it's kind of an exchange it's not it's not for money typically some some places might give some bonuses or something but usually not so what I did years ago now is I went to a place called Via Malaga which I think is closed down now it closed down I think during the pandemic But it was a beautiful, beautiful villa, many bedrooms on the top of this like beautiful cliff overlooking the sea, uh, just off of the uh, Hibral Faro mountain in in the centre, basically, not in the centre, but in Malaga city. And it was just an amazing experience. I was there with about seven other people. They, you know, there was around seven other people always, but like some left, some new ones came in and we all basically lived in the basement for a couple of months as little 
little elves, staff elves, and we would, you know, I'm not sure how much it was a day in terms of workload. I think it was maybe four, five hours of work a day for maybe four days a week, something like that. And you got accommodation every night and there was a kind of a food situation thing as well, um, where we would make each other food, but with the groceries bought by the, the, oops, the villa. It was kind of like a hotel B&B type thing. It was really, really cool. I didn't speak a word of Spanish and I got a bit homesick. I had been traveling a while before that. Long story short, I left after a couple of months and, you know, went somewhere else. I came back to Malaga maybe, was it a year or two after that? And basically lived here for a longer period. And I'm not sure if I'll continue to live here or what the situation is. I've, I've gone and come back a few times, but basically a few years I've lived in Malaga. So I um, wanted it to be my first, you know, destination type thing on this podcast because it's a city I really, really love. And I feel like I've seen every inch of it now, <laughs> though it does, does continue to surprise me every so often. I think in the future I will talk about, you know, some day trips you can do from Malaga. I don't know why my nose is so itchy today. My mother used to say that that's a sign you're going to fight with someone. So hopefully I'm not going to have a fight at volleyball later. But basically, without further ado, I want to give you my favorite seven places in Malaga. Seven because I read somewhere that people prefer odd numbers when it comes to lists. So it was either seven or nine. So I went with seven because I like that number. There you go. So number seven unsurprisingly I think to a lot of people play beach volleyball this isn't going to be for everyone hence why I put it number seven you can find beach volleyball games all over Malaga throughout the entire year and it is so much fun and people are usually like very receptive to beginners once you know once it's the like a specific meetup for you know people to come not like a group of friends like I wouldn't suggest going up to people who are already playing for example and trying to get in in that those games because I have a game every week sometimes twice a week and that's a very specific group of friends and we like to play together and we have a very specific number of signups every week because we don't want anyone to be sitting out too many games and getting cold and having to warm up again so we do get a lot of people coming up like just randomly saying hey guys can we play with you and we used to you know say yeah sure no problem but then the people the regulars you know were sitting out a couple of games in a row because it was too many you know you can't just shove a load of people on the volleyball court it has to be a set number of people playing right uh and then also like sometimes the level was really really poor so it was not like at the level that we would have preferred to play at which is fine, you know, everyone has to start somewhere, but it, it was just, it wasn't the right, the right thing to do. So now we've started to say, sorry, like we're, we're full, you know, um, feels kind of bad to say it. You know, I do feel mean because I would like, you know, to be like, yeah, everyone play. But it just, it was a total disaster when we did do it that way. So we've changed it. There are a ton of meetup.com volleyball groups that meet and they're like, you know, everybody come, all levels, we'll figure it out. And there's also a um, 
hostel run volleyball meetup every I think it's Friday they use a whatsapp group to um organize it there that's quite beginner level so that one might be suitable for you know someone traveling who's never played before the meetup.com ones might be suitable for someone traveling here who um has you know, maybe a bit of experience also beginners but also you know if you have experience you might not want to go to the hostel one for example I think that I will write all of this up in a blog post and maybe link it uh, in the description so that you can see, I can link the specific meetup.com, for example, link the specific Google uh, map links to places I'm talking about. So I'll uh, check out the description and you'll probably find some resources there. Again, tying myself into this so that I have to do it and it will get done. So that's number seven. I will say this, don't dive onto the beach in Malaga if you're playing beach volleyball because you are going to cut up your legs. It is the number one thing I see new people doing. They will just be bleeding from the legs. One guy needed stitches. It's like, it's like, I don't want to put anybody off, but it's not the most pristine beach in the world. And there are a lot of broken shells. There's not much, you know, trash in terms of like glass and stuff. The The odd time, if it's after like a beach related party like sometimes there's parties on the beach for um is it San Miguel San, San Juan the night of San Juan people party on the beach and just ahead of the feria every year so maybe the morning or the a day, a day or two after that there might be some broken bottle glass type thing but usually it's not that but the shells are quite sharp so no diving on the beach and you know take direction I guess from people who've played before because there are certain things last week for example a guy tried to play with his shoes on and we were like no 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 and he was like oh no but I'm fine and we were like well it's not for you it's for everybody else if you kick someone when you're jumping for the ball or something you know you could hurt someone else so he was like oh okay so just just be receptive when people tell you safety things like that I'm gonna push on to number six my sixth favorite thing to do in Malaga is to eat at Casa Lola. This is like gonna be on so many things you're reading about Malaga, like where to go, what to see, what to do, where to eat. Casa Lola is probably always roughly around the top of those lists, but it's like for such a good reason. It's an amazing place. It's one of the first places I went when I came to Malaga and it's just very traditional and tasty and not expensive at all. The only downside of Casa Lola is that often there will be a huge queue because they don't take reservations. It's just walk-ins and the staff are not very, they don't want to hurry people, which is nice when you go and you sit down, like you feel like you have all the time of the world and you're not being rushed. But as a person waiting outside trying to get in, you can see people who have finished their meals probably a while ago and they're just sitting talking and it's like ugh, you know I'm just waiting here so that that can be an issue but if you go when there's not peak times or not peak days for example if you go at like 9 p.m on a Saturday night good luck like you're not gonna get in without waiting in a queue for a long time I would say but if you go maybe on a Monday at like 5 or 6 p.m yeah, you'll probably be shown to a table right away. Totally fine. The best thing to get is patatas bravas. It's like these chunky potato wedges in this spicy kind of sauce. And it is just 
to die for. They also have a good Russian salad and um, they're croquettes. They're n- I, I don't really like croquettes, to be honest, but they have croquettes that apparently people rave about. So do try those as well. There's four different casalolas throughout the entire city of Malaga. One of them is on Calle Granada and that is like the oldest, most traditional one. Then there's Calle Strachan, which is also quite traditional. And then you have the two across from each other. Uh, they often kind of collaborate with the same line and you can you, you don't know which one you're going to, basically. And it's in uh, Plaza Uncibay. And that is the least traditional only because most of its space is outdoor space, whereas the other ones are indoor mostly. And there's like quirky old Spanish things on the on the wall and stuff like from from olden days and like bullfights, which obviously I don't. I don't agree with bullfights and bullfighting and all that kind of stuff, but there are like certain, you know, old posters to do with that and, 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 and things. So it is quite a cool place to go basically and eat. And it's not, it's not expensive. Um, yeah, basically that's number six. Number five is one that I'm not sure if many travelers to Malaga would think about necessarily, but is it's the Hammam al-Andalus. It is... I mean, it is a spa, but it's mostly like a bathhouse and it's honestly just the most magical place. And I go there, it's like my treat to myself because it is kind of expensive, but it is so worth it. I go there probably every two months or so. It's this kind of Moroccan Arabic decor and there's three different pools of different temperatures like there's a cold plunge there's a medium hot one and then there's a hot hot one there's a big stone which is heated that you can lie on and there's a steam room there's no sauna because it is a hammam which is I think it comes from Turkey originally like the the concept so I mean saunas are more like Nordic right so there's no sauna it's it's more like a, of a wet heat type of thing they do also offer massages so when you go to their website again I'll probably link it in this description somewhere and also in a blog post somewhere they do offer like various different price points as a resident you can get a discount if you have a residency card in Malaga um so I would pay I think it's 45 euro for two uh, sorry for an hour and a half which usually includes not only the circuit of the pools and also a 15 minute massage basically but you can have other treatments and also longer massages or no massage yeah I would advise everyone to go because it's so relaxing and they have like very late at night ones as well so you could go in at like I think the latest they have is midnight on a weekend which is pretty cool you know to go and just know that it's midnight and be like floating around this very dimly lit place and <laughs> yeah it's it's really cool check it out number four is the rooftop of the ac marriott palacio hotel this may sound not very adventurous you know go to a hotel bar but it is the best view without having to walk <laughs> uh, because I'll, I'll tell you the other one in a minute but if you don't want to hike anywhere this is the best view you will get of the entire city of Malaga. You can even see Antonio Banderas's um, house from here. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not. Perhaps not. I won't give coordinates to that. <laughs> um, you can't see it very, very well. You can kind of just about make it out. Anyway, 
You go to the AC Marriott Palacio and you go through reception. There's elevators and you go all the way to the top. Sometimes there's a queue at the bottom. So, for example, like I said before, Saturday night, 7 p.m. or even 5 p.m. because people want to watch the sunset. You probably will have to wait in the queue for between 15 and 45 minutes. But if you go at a time that's not, you know, peak, then you can just go straight in. Sometimes if there's special events, you'll have a person in the reception selling tickets. So you'll have to pay to get to the rooftop. But usually this ticket includes, you know, a drink at the top. So you're really only paying for a drinks voucher. And other times there's no one at the reception and you can just go straight up. You get to the the roof anyway, no matter which way you've, whether you've paid or not paid. And you probably buy a drink. I don't drink alcohol. I think I mentioned in a different podcast. You can listen to that later. But they do good mocktails as well. They do, you know, finger food as well. The finger food's quite pricey. So I usually only get, you know, a mocktail. And you can walk around. I think it's pretty much 360. If it's not 360 exactly, it's it's pretty almost 360. And so you can see from one side of it, the what do you call it? The bell tower of the cathedral, really close up, which is really cool. And then the whole way around it, you can see, you know, the city and then you can see the port and all the palm trees along the avenue and the water, of course. And then you can see the uh, mountain, the Hibral Faro off on the other side. So it's a really good view, very good at sunset and at night and during the day, to be honest. So if you want to go back a few times, I would even recommend that because it's, it's different at each time of the day. So, yeah. Number three. That was four, wasn't it? Yeah, number three. The Alcazaba. Basically, the Alcazaba is a beautiful, multi-leveled garden. So it's beside the Roman theatre which has, you know, all these steps uh, that you can see. It's, it's, you'll, you'll see it. It's one of the main uh, places you end up basically when you go to Malaga. And the Roman theatre is beautiful to, to look at. And I didn't include it in this list because you'll see it anyway. And also you don't really go into it, you know, you just kind of see it, take a photo and you're like, oh, cool, lovely, done. But the Alcazaba, the entrance is around the side of the Roman theatre and you go up these steps and you like kind of, there is an entrance, there is a fee, I can't remember how much it is, I'll put it in the description, but it's free on Sunday after 2pm, 2pm or 3pm, something like that, I'll find out and, and link it directly. But you go in and you either pay or if it's Sunday after two, you don't pay. And it's like all these steps that go up and you're on like different levels and it's just different gardens. And it sounds, to be honest, now that I'm saying it, it kind of sounds a bit boring, like something my grandmother would love to have gone to, but it's just really cool and really authentic. The walls are very, you know, like old medieval, is it medieval or like Roman era castle walls? And it's very like Andalusian. It's a Moorish uh gardens and it's just it's just really beautiful I can't even really I, I feel like I'm not doing it justice maybe I should have prepared for this beforehand but it is generally one of the most aesthetic places in in Malaga and one of the most unique as well and because there's different levels you do get some good views over the city as well not as good as the cathedral I would say but different you know you can also um 
there's a really nice part of the garden where you look through one of these long windows and there's all brick around the window and you can see a really good view straight of the bell tower of the cathedral and it's just like a perfect picture to take framed by this you know brick window and I, I, I have I still look at that photo actually ever so often and I think it's just beautiful especially at sunset it's a very romantic place I would say to go um, or if you're wanting to take any type of photo shoot like Maybe it's your birthday or um, when my friend Jessie had her baby, we went there as part of a photo shoot uh, with her baby, like a newborn photo shoot thing. Well, he was more than a newborn at that stage, but it we kind of kept putting it off. So it was supposed to be a newborn photo shoot, but I think he was like six months by the time we got around to it. Anyway, it's a really beautiful place. Do check it out. The second um in my top 10 of favorite things to do in Malaga city is actually the roof of the cathedral so I haven't put the cathedral itself on this list because I do like it it is a beautiful cathedral on the inside definitely on the outside um but it's not super different to other cathedrals I've seen in Spain and the entrance fee is kind of high if you're not a resident if you're a resident it's free. You can just walk on and show your residency card. But if you are a tourist and you're coming here, then that's why I didn't include it on the list. If you're super into cathedrals, if that's your thing, do go to it. It is beautiful. But I picked the rooftop of the cathedral because it's that much more of a unique experience. I'd never been, I think, to the roof of a cathedral and certainly like I've never seen a roof of a cathedral that looks like this. So you have to go with a tour. You can only go with a tour. Again, I'll link it below. I can't remember how much it was. It was something like 10 euro, 12 euro, something like that per person. Not crazy. And you get a specific slot. There's only so many available per day. I'm getting a notification 4 p.m. Volleyball. Yes, I will be late to that. You guys are more important for the moment. They can set up the net themselves. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like I say anyway a lot. It's like my word of the day. You pay the money, you get the slot, you arrive at the cathedral and you're ushered into like a side door. You go around a, a garden and you wait another little bit and then they bring you up all these steps. You can see some views on the way up through windows and then there's one little um, mezzanine type area where you go outside for a bit and then you go up more steps and you get out onto the rooftop of the cathedral and it's just very surreal because there's all these things it's called cubiertos they're like round it's hard to describe them without saying the word breasts <laughs> because that is what they're referred to colloquially in Malaga by some people they do for all the world look like loads of breasts because there are nipple like things on the on the top of them <laughs> this is so bad it's a, it's a catholic cathedral anyway <laughs> they do leak as well so i think at some point they're going to close the roof for renovations knowing spain it uh, could be a few months that they might be closed, if not a year or two. So if they are, if it is open and available to do a tour on the roof while you're here, I think you should absolutely go for it. Do check that it's not closed, though, because 
Um, like I said, they are planning to close it at some point to fix the leaks. But you see all these um, domes. That's the that's the PC correct word, right? Domes. And I'd say maybe at least 10 to 20 domes, I would say. And it's just a very surreal experience to see them. And also you're surrounded by much the same view you had from the rooftop of the Palacio, but slightly lower and the bell tower is much closer. So you do also have a 360 view of Antonio Banderas's <laughs> penthouse. <laughs> Again, not going to give you details of where that is. And you see all around, you know, the Hibrofaro, the the mountain, the city, the sea, and the the bell tower itself, which is probably the most photogenic um, part of Malaga City, certainly the most recognizable because you will probably take photos of the cathedral from ground level from the Alcazaba from the rooftop of the Palacio Marriott and also from the rooftop of the cathedral itself so it's quite iconic there is a story behind it it is called La Mancha I'm probably going to butcher this story but La Mancha means the one-armed lady and it's because the cathedral was originally in the plans supposed to have two bell towers there's only one and the other one remains unfinished which you can you can see there are many different um legends i guess is maybe the right word about why it isn't finished there's some myths about like a dragon <laughs> i think they just ran out of money and then there was a campaign very briefly there was a campaign to finish the construction but they uh they didn't for one reason or another some people say it was because they gave taxes to a different country for something else i'm not going to get into it it's a whole thing and some people say that it's because uh the fact that it is unfinished has become like a thing now and they don't want it to be finished because it's like a unique thing you know it's like Frida Kahlo without her unibrow you know it's a defining characteristic I think of the cathedral now at least that's how I like to think of it because it is it is like a, a quirky story and it's it's fun to see it um unfinished for whatever reason without further ado that brings us to the number one thing that I like to do in Malaga City and that is climbing to the top of the Mirador de Gibraltar. Now the Gibraltar is something I've mentioned a few times in this podcast already and it is a mountain in the city, it's not directly, not pinpoint in the center but like it is in the city center basically and you can climb up it quite easily you know I mean if you're ill or you're in a wheelchair or you're you know very much not able for it then of course don't but if you're relatively fit and able then you can definitely do it I mean if you're a little less fit then you can also just go up slowly stop every so often you know it's not like a traditional hike hike there's pavement the whole way there's steps you go through some really lush like greenery you see some of the stray cats <laughs> which they're uh, they're living in the area you see like these beautiful parakeets that are green, that are chirping around. And then you get to the walls of the castle. I have not put the castle on this list because if you're super, super into castles, then you might want to go. But there's an entrance fee and stuff and it's not like, it doesn't didn't blow me away. 
So I think the best thing is to climb up to the entrance of where the castle is, not go to the castle and actually just go to the viewpoint and see the viewpoint for free. It is very romantic. It is where a lot of people in Spain go uh, for dates to watch the sunset, which is probably the most busy time to do this hike. I say hike. I mean, it's not much of a hike. I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes from city center to the top you would you would make it in you can also continue on there's like three different viewpoints the first one is the most touristy because it's closer to the city and you know it's most easily accessible it's the first one but you can go a bit further and and see the second and the third one they won't be as busy and yeah that's that's pretty much it to be honest i hope you've enjoyed this episode all about malaga city let me know if you think i left anything out um oh one final thing not only were those the things that I say to do but there are a few things that maybe you shouldn't do or maybe not shouldn't do but maybe don't prioritize I've already mentioned the castle you know going to the mirror door instead of going into the castle I haven't mentioned the Picasso museum that's not on the list because the queues basically are insane the museum itself I've been to twice it is beautiful I think it is also free on a Sunday evening however doesn't matter what time of day you go what day itself it is whether it's like low season winter Monday 10 a.m there's always a queue for the Picasso museum rightly so it's full of like it's only got Picassos in it I think maybe every so often they might bring um like a different additional exhibit but mostly it's always all just Picasso stuff and it is really cool to see but I don't know if it's worth it because the lines are just so crazy I've heard people waiting in line for hours just to get into this one museum I I don't think it's worth it if you're like an art student you're super into Picasso again it's different but for the the anybody just like me wants to go and see the city walk around, see the most beautiful things, have a great time. I wouldn't be wasting your time in a queue, especially not for hours on on end. That's just my opinion. It is a good museum. Queue's not worth it. The bus tour, you'll see a few bus tours going around. You can see everything in Malaga by walking. I really don't think you need one of these hop on, hop off, hop off bus tours. If you're, uh, like, challenged in terms of maybe you have an injury and you can't walk so far maybe then it's for you anyone else I would say just walk everywhere it's very you'll see all the main things you want to see pretty easily by foot the boat trips there are a lot of boat trips that go from way uno around the the harbor they're cool to do you can get a group on actually so it's not even that you know expensive so I would say if you really do love boats and you just want to while away an afternoon be on the water for I think is it an hour an hour an hour and a half and it's not that expensive then fair enough do it but it's not amazing like that you literally go out of the harbor you go around where the the Malagueta beach would be and then you just go back you know you don't really go anywhere some of them have like a glass of champagne included so I don't know but I I I wouldn't prioritize it if you have a limited time in in the city yeah I think that's pretty much sums up everything 
And do let me know if you think of anything else you think I should put on the list or put off the list. Obviously, this podcast is recorded now, but I can include your suggestions in any subsequent blog post or anything like that. Yeah, I'm going to go and play volleyball now because I'm going to be absolutely killed for being late as it is. (laughs) And yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Bye.